one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Our blank. Welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thank you so much, Anthony. It's it's a real uh, real pleasure to be here, and thank you very much for having me. And my pleasure as well. I'm excited for our conversation today. We're going to talk about the uh, fifth generation of electronic devices, particularly wireless <laughs> devices, and the uh, biological and psychological impact that they that they have in our life. But we'll probably focus mostly on on the biology of it. And most importantly, I think a lot of people feel an, an immense amount of frustration and uh, learned helplessness around this topic where they're just like, they just want to throw their hands up and, Oh, what am I supposed to do? That's everywhere. You know what I mean? Or what can we do? About yeah, it? They're exactly. still, yeah. they're still putting the eye of Sauron towers everywhere, no matter what, you know, you've got imminent <laughs> domain and all sorts of things. So I'd like us to, to also really give some actionable steps that people can take and kind of, if they're in that learned helplessness, uh, phase of the journey kind of move into a more uh, informed and empowered place. So Excellent. before we do that, I like that goal a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's, um, let's start with a bit of your background and origin story. I know that your, your father, uh, Dr. Martin Blank was very involved in this space as well. So uh, for our listeners that aren't familiar with your work, let us know who you are, what you're about, what brought you here. Sure. Well, uh, I used to be, and I guess in a, in a past life, I was a, a software engineer in Los Angeles and I was teaching on the faculty of University of Southern California, Vitterby School of Engineering. And as you mentioned, my father was Dr. Martin Blank, who was a very significant contributor to the field of uh, research into EMF and health effects. And it was about 2012. He had a contract to write a book and he was a, a very good writer. Uh, but this book, uh, unlike most of his experience, was really aimed at normal people, trying to educate normal people as to all the things that he had learned about EMF and health effects, what the science really showed in, in his career, um, which his career was was quite long. His, his involvement in, in, in EMF in particular was over, over three decades. So uh, I, he asked me for some help to write this book because, again, it was intended to reach, like I said, regular people. So I hopped in and I started writing what became Overpowered with him. And in the course of writing that book, I had a few really stunning realizations. It just really hit. Which is a great me. book, by the way. Um, I've obviously, got I've got it on my bookshelf. Oh, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, still sorry, one. Sorry to cut you off, guys. Later, still you, you one don't of the have best. Overpowered, pick it up. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So uh, I obviously, you know, he was my father. So I grew up around him, and I, I kind of knew about this stuff. Uh, and I, you know, that's why we never had a microwave oven. It's why. Uh, I didn't get a cell phone until, you know, pretty late. And when I did, I knew never to hold it up against my head. But uh, the, writing this book really hit home a few things. One is that the science showing that these forces uh, are, are, are effectively toxic, that, that they impact uh, human and the uh, human biology and the biology of all living things. It is very, very strong science because when you hear it covered often, You'll, you'll hear like there's some debate or that's a big question or we need more research and certainly we need more research. But really the science, we're talking about thousands of high quality uh, studies into this question. So it, it, it is much better researched and more conclusive than many people are led to believe. But then when you step back and think about it, right, this stuff comes from everything that defines us as a modern society, right? To actually get rid of EMF as a toxic force in our world, we'd have to go back effectively to 1850, not only giving up cell phones, but giving up light bulbs and refrigerators, right? You just can't get rid of this stuff. It's completely impractical to do that. So I realized there had to be healthier and safer ways for people to engage with technology. And that's where the idea for what became Shield Your Body uh, came from. Uh, so that that's 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 how I went from being a software engineer to to running Shield Your Body. I love it. I love it. And I'm excited because more people are recognizing this stuff and talking about it now. And whereas like if I talked about it in the 2016 to 2018 range, I think it was very much 
seen as almost an unwelcome and annoying topic for most people. They're like, all right, just give me other biohacks. I don't want to deal with that. Like, all right, what else can I do? You know, <laughs> but now, you know, I'm one of my friends is currently on a uh, nature retreat trip where she's she's in an area with like low or no cell phone reception, no connectivity. Mm-hmm. And she's sending me pictures of her doing yoga outside in nature. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm having so much fun. I love this. Like, I didn't realize how much of a difference I could feel getting outside of Chicago and, and in nature. Yeah. Um, and, and the tide is really starting to turn. So, I mean, I'm, I'm of the belief, like we don't have Wi-Fi in, in either of our homes. Um, my phone's in airplane mode most of the day. Um, we got our smart meters removed from, uh, you know, one house and we're working on the other one cause they just went and put it on without our permission. But we do have like literally lead shielding behind it, directing it away from the house. So it, so it won't go in, um, so th- mm-hmm. th- this is also not, I'm sharing that because this isn't just a, a nice word salad. Uh, this is something I believe in so much and have seen so much of so, so much compelling research, um, both in the scientific literature and the real world that this impacts our biology and the way that we sleep and the way that we, we recover and how quickly we age that uh, I, I consider one of the most important biohacks that we can implement if we're if we're interested in maximizing longevity and then and our and optimizing our physical and mental performance. Yeah, and it's the, also one of the easiest to really make a big difference in. So yeah, for sure, you do it once and then you're pretty much set up, and then you tweak a couple habits. Like you get rid of your smart meter, you go from Wi-Fi to a, a fiber optic connection. And, you know, get getting mm-hmm. a, a, what is it, a router or a modem, I get those switched up, but one that's not transmitting, and you're done. And you have a faster yep. internet connection, yep. you're sleeping better, your biology doesn't have this constant chronic stressor um, that, that throws off everything. But I think where people kind of have a tough time is because we've, we've also got big telecom involved here. And they're clearly rolling out infrastructure that requires people remain ignorant to the health effects of this technology. And um, so you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, there's no evidence to support that. Or they'll use sound bites like, yeah, but don't you know it's non-thermal? It's non-thermal, so it's not bad for you, you know? And, and, and these sound bites that they've clearly been spoon-fed but are almost nonsense when it when it comes to what's really going on at the cellular level so my question here is what let's say you're in a court of law and you need to prove that uh this technology is bad for you what are the foundational studies that you go to and pull from that in a court of law could turn things in your favor sure oh that's a that's a really good question and uh, my father would have been fantastic to answer that because he did actually testify uh, and present to yeah. uh, parliaments uh, in Canada and in Europe, but so when when I when I talk because I, I don't I don't I don't testify, but when I talk mm-hmm. and I try to explain these issues to people, so first of all, you know, incontrovertibly, the World Health Organization designate, designates this as a class two B carcinogen. That means back in 2011, uh, they determined that there was a sufficient basis in science to uh, consider this a possible carcinogen. Now, there's lots of other types of damage, right? That That's specifically about carcinogeneity of the mm-hmm. cancer-causing ability. Uh, nice but, but even the World Health Organization 11 years ago came to that conclusion. And there's a lot of move to actually get them to promote from 2B to 2A or, or, or 1. But getting to the science, right? Uh, one of the studies I talk about most frequently, and we talked about in Overpowered, uh, was con- uh, was actually a couple of studies done in the 90s by doctors uh, Henry Lai and Narendra Singh. Um, and they showed, at the time they were studying cordless phones, not cell phones, because this was the 90s, uh, but they showed even brief exposures to cordless phone radiation, which is very similar to cell phone radiation, led to significant notable increases in strand breaks, DNA strand breaks. So what does that mean? DNA is made up of of two strands, right? And uh, a strand break means that one or both of those strands has broken. Now, if one of those strands, well, let's actually start. If both of those strands break, uh, the cell will kill itself. It'll engage in apoptosis, a uh, process of cell death. 
And believe it sounds bad, but believe it or not, that's the preferred outcome. Because if only one strand breaks, the cell has mechanisms, right? That's one of the reasons you have two strands is you can actually reverse engineer the, the, the broken strand from the still intact strand. And it's in the process of doing that where mutations can occur in the DNA. And that can, mutations are a primary mechanism through which uh, disease manifests in the body. So that is one, and, and that is not only a very significant finding, it's one that has been repeated, it's peer reviewed and repeated many, many, many times since then. And you so said that was that Hen- is, uh, Henry Lai and who? Narendra Singh, S-I-N-G-H. So it's L-A-I and S-I-N-G-H. Good, just so people can find so that. So that, that is, uh, I believe, one of the most compelling pieces of information that comes out of a lab uh, regarding this stuff. Now, there's that, that's, that's lab science. Now, lab science is very important, right, because it can answer very specific questions and it's easily repeatable. So you can have another group try to repeat it somewhere else. And if they do, well, that strengthens the findings. Uh, but lab science doesn't answer questions like, does it cause cancer? Right. Because you can't just stick a person or rather 10 people or 20 people or 30 people in a lab for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and give half of them a cell phone and the other half don't and see which ones get cancer. It's super impractical, but also incredibly immoral to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you can't answer those bigger questions about disease in a lab. To answer those bigger questions, you turn to a form of science called epidemiology, where you study the incidence of disease in human populations. And there is a very significant uh, study published in um, by by a researcher named Leif Salford, and he 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 did a very large scale study uh, of of cell phone use, and that was in um, in in two thousand seven, and that actually had a lot of findings in it. But it was it was a really big study, which is why when it comes to epidemiology. You want as large a subject set as possible to get as valid a set of findings as you can. And w- uh, it had a lot of different findings. But for instance, one of them is those who began using cordless or cell phones before the age of 20 had a 400% increased risk of forming a brain tumor on the side of the head where they carried their phone. So again, that researcher was Leif Salford, L-E-I-F-S-A-L-F-F-O-R-D. And that, that's also, but both the, the Lai Singh and the Salford studies are referenced in Overpowered. And I'll, for right, for the purposes of answering this question, I'll give you one more. Um, and this is by a doctor, Sam Millam, who published a book not too long ago, maybe 12, 13, 14 years ago. And it's called Dirty Electricity. And it's a really significant book. And he did a lot of really important work. And what he found, what he did is he went around, and again, another epidemiologist. And what he did is he went around the country, the United States, and he measured uh, and investigated death records um, before and after the introduction of the electrical grid in a given area, right? Because in the United States, the process of electrification took time. It's not like you, you, you snapped and the whole country had power. Uh, the power grid was deployed to different places at different times. And what he found was that there was a whole set of what he calls uh, the diseases of civilization, which include things like ALS, um, uh, as well as, as uh, leuke- uh, childhood leukemia, right? And before the introduction, oh, sorry, I should say ALS is uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the introduction of electrification, these diseases did not exist, right? So, for instance, when it comes to childhood leukemia, that's the incidence of leukemia in children between the ages of three and four. That did not happen until the power grid was introduced into an area. And then you started to see children dying from childhood leukemia. And there were, there's a number of these diseases of civilization that he identified. And in area after area around the country, you found that these diseases of civilization did not exist. And then they introduce the grid, and then they do exist. And further, they still don't exist in areas that didn't get electrified. So that would include, for instance, Amish populations. So those they, are three they, they, uh, they did answers not to exist your question. In, in the Amish populations, 
That's correct. And they still don't. Fascinating. Great answer. So, but you could, you I mean, much. you could go on and on with an answer to that, to that question, but those are three really powerful. Um, two are actually studies. And then one is a, a book, which includes uh, research. Yeah, it's, it's very helpful. And I do think that we're probably going to see a lot of legislation around this in the coming years and, and decades as more and more people are like, get this out of my town, get this away from my home. It's, it's yeah. sort of equivalent to, you know, one thing, you know, one thing your, yeah. your listeners might actually be interested in while, yeah. while the, 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 the big companies that we're talking about publicly will say one thing, uh, on the other side, uh, there are multiple large scale insurance underwriters that are refusing to provide insurance to cell phone manufacturers against future health claims. So that includes uh, the Swiss RE and AM Best, uh, the leading underwriter uh, for Lloyd's of London, right? So multiple, and these are big, legitimate insurance underwriters. This isn't like Bob's underwriting. This is, <laughs> this is serious stuff. And they are refusing to write policies to insure cell phone companies against future health claims because they know what is going to come. Um, that, even as that's huge. companies themselves are mouthing different words. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a huge piece of evidence right, right there. So that's Swiss RE and then, and then AM best mm -hmm. who are underwriters. AM best. Lloyd's, yes. Lloyd's of London. Okay. Uh, Lovely. Thank you. One of those is underwriter for Lloyd's of London, but they're, they're, they're underwriters for multiple firms. Awesome. And then, um, there's also the, the Ramazzini study, I believe that out of, out of Italy, that was uh, a fairly large, um, also, also I believe, epidemiological study. If people wanted to look that up, it's R-A-M-A-Z-Z-I-N-I, -Z -Z -I, which is, I believe, the world's largest study on cell tower radiation and its connection to uh, cancer. Okay, I'll have to. Look. I haven't. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to look that up. But another, yeah. since you mentioned Italy, another fact that your listeners might be interested in is that it's actually legal precedent in Italy that cell phones cause brain tumors. So it has been uh, ruled by multiple courts in Italy. So it is, like I say, it is now legal precedent that cell phones cause brain tumors. That all came from a guy's case. He'd claimed disability uh, uh, from, uh, he wanted to get disability reimbursements and payments because he claimed that the cell phone that he had to carry for work had caused his brain tumor. And, um, and again, multiple courts found in his favor. How often do you have any idea how often precedents like that can be carried over between differing nations? Like the finding in Italy can be used in the United States piggybacked off of. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just laws in one curiosity. country don't impact laws in another, but I, I, I know they can influence in certain proceedings. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly it would have impact within the EU more than it would in, in North America. That makes sense. I, I was actually doing a, an interview the other day and it was on blood sugar, but I pulled up a fascinating study from uh, 2008 called Dirty Electricity Elevates Blood Sugar Among Electrically Sensitive Diabetics and May Ex Explain Brittle Diabetes. And just a quick quote from that. Based on estimates of people who suffer from the symptoms of electrical hypersensitivity, which they put around, uh, they say three to 35%. I think it's much more than that. And, and I'm not even quite so sure about that term itself, but he says as many as, as up to 60 million diabetics worldwide may be affected. Exposure to electromagnetic pollution in its various forms may account for higher plasma glucose levels, higher blood sugar levels, and may contribute to the misdiagnosis of diabetes. So we're not just talking about cancer here. We're talking about many of these uh, chronic and degenerative diseases that are plaguing our culture and that people are, you know, yeah, food plays a part. Exercise plays a part. But if you're not looking at your electromagnetic environment, if you're living in a high rise in a city, you know, you're going to be exposed to much different levels of this electromagnetic pollution than someone who's living in nature in the country and uh, you know, maybe has off grid power. Yeah, totally. You know, meaning, meaning they're not hooked up to the power grid and they're, they're getting, they're, they don't have the, the associated smart meter on their home. Yeah. Well, you, you brought a, you, 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 you just touched on about eight different things, each of which I could talk about for, for a while. 
Um, but let, let me step in, into at, le- at least one of them, which is, I think it was really important what you said, right? Because cancer gets a lot of the attention for obvious reasons. It's terrifying. And we have no cure, really, in almost every instance. It doesn't mean it's lethal in every instance, but we have no cure. And uh, But what people need to realize is that cancer is just one of the sets of negative health outcomes that have been linked strongly from science uh, to, to EMF exposure, right? So you have, obviously, uh, brain tumors, but it's not just brain tumors. When it, you have thyroid cancer, uh, prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, breast cancer, these are all forms, multiple different types of forms of cancer. I already mentioned leukemia, different types of cancer that are linked to EMF exposure. But it goes beyond that, right? You have a disruption uh, with the endocrine system. So one of the one of the ones I talk about a lot is the science uh, showing that EMF exposure uh, suppresses melatonin production in your body. That's huge. Uh, which then leads to, yeah, poorer sleep, which then it becomes this vicious cycle where whatever, you don't even need to have damage from EMF. You could have damage from any number of other different toxins in your life. And if you're not getting good sleep, your body isn't recovering and healing properly from those exposures. Uh, you have uh, anxiety, uh, studies pointing to increased rates of anxiety among people, uh, again, linked to EMF exposure. You, what, what the science shows is that in almost every system where you investigate the question, there are negative health outcomes stemming from EMF exposure. EMF does not impact just a single system. It impacts multiple different systems. It doesn't impact everyone the same way, in part because everyone's exposures are quite different, but also because everyone's physiologies are quite different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they might be exposed to any number of other different types of toxins in their life that are different from the ones that you and I are exposed to. So the the way the damage is manifest will be different from person to person. But really, when you look at any biological system, you see negative health consequences from these exposures. And I would just throw in at the end there, uh, it's not just in humans. You see negative health outcomes throughout the animal kingdom and throughout the plant kingdom where, mm-hmm. you know, trees and plants, they can't grow when they're in the presence of, of high levels of EMF. Uh, birds, uh, their navigational capabilities are thrown off by EMF. Mm-hmm. Anything that relies on magnetoception for navigation. Sea, sea turtles. You have with bees, if you put, yes, yeah, sea turtles is another one. With bees, they, there's a very colorful or uh, how, how shall I say, uh, powerful uh, study where when you put a cell phone in front of a hive, the hive never comes home and dies, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you see these impacts throughout all living things. And, and you know, it, I, I know uh, if someone's a skeptic hearing what I just said, they'll say, that's not possible. That's crazy. But EMF, every, all forms of life depend on EMF, right? Our brains communicate to our body and control our body using EMF signals. Our body communicates itself back to the brain using EMF signals. Uh, I mentioned the, the, the Lion Singh research into DNA integrity. All living cells share DNA. So if this force has the ability to harm DNA in that way, again, it should not be a surprise that you can see damage manifest in every system in your body because all of these systems are based on cells that have DNA and so on and so forth. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because people these days, especially in the biohacking space, are increasingly interested in knowing their biological age, not necessarily their chronological age, like how many years they've spent on this planet, but how old they are at the cellular level. And we've seen um, telomere testing. So telomeres being like those end caps uh, on our DNA that come off each time DNA uh, replicate. We're seeing mm-hmm. telomere testing being used a lot as a proxy for one's biological age, meaning like the shorter your telomeres are, te- the, the older you are biologically. Can you elaborate on how these double-stranded DNA breaks resulting from wireless electricity or EMF, however you want to put it, impact the length of telomeres? So that is outside of my area of knowledge I will just say, you know, once a cell engages in apoptosis, it dies. 
So at that point, it's not replicating any longer. And so it, uh, you know, however long the telomeres were at the end of its life, that wouldn't impact anything else in the body. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And the reason I wanted to temporarily interrupt this broadcast is because, as you're probably aware, there's a good amount of time, energy, and financial resources that go into having a podcast like this and being able to bring it to you guys for free. And I was thinking about something fun we could do where I really like silver. I really like cash. And I want to bring you guys even more value. So what I thought could be fun is only if you've gotten a lot of value from the biohacking secrets show, the biohackers guide to upgraded energy and focus, my book, uh, coaching, working one-on-one with me, or any some some sort of communication or product or service that we have put out, whether free or paid, if it's uplifted your life in a way that you feel exceeds the value exchanged between us, I'd like to invite you to make a donation to P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 6 That's P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, one word, Illinois, 60015. And then with that donation, whether it's silver from Gainesville coins, you can even buy yourself some and then throw a little bit in, in your package. It could be a cash donation. And along with that, or even independent of that, you don't have to donate. If you're not in a financial position to donate right now, I don't you know, want to take food off your table or anything like that. But the best part of all of this is if you could include a letter about you know, just sharing any part of your story that you'd like to share about how we've had a positive impact on your life, uh, any question or maybe even you know one or two questions that you might have that you'd like my help with, I will then... Uh, put that silver or cash donation to good use. And I will share, we'll do an episode every once in a while where I share your questions. Uh, They can be anonymous if you guys prefer that. And then I'll give you your answers. And I thought it would be a win-win for everybody. It would allow us to keep doing these episodes for free, allow all of us to feel good about the energy that is exchanged for the value that that we receive in our lives. And it could be a fun way for me to answer your questions and to add even more value. So if that sounds cool, uh, you can go to GainesvilleCoins.com. That's where I buy silver and gold and and heavy metals and things like that uh, that are a little bit more let's say inflation resistant and uh, recession and depression resistant, recession, I don't want to say proof, but resistant. And uh, you can go to GainesvilleCoins.com to check those out, or you could just throw some cash in with your letter. Handwritten is preferred. I just think it's a lot more intimate and a lot cooler. And again, that uh, can all be sent to if you feel called, and only if you feel called, to P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 60015. I actually just just went for the first time and picked up a bunch of packages today, and I'm super excited to open them on the air with you guys and answer some questions and hear some cool transformational stories and testimonials and stuff like that. So I appreciate you being here. appreciate you being a part of this journey with me. And I got nothing but love for you. Much love for all you guys. And let's get back to the episode. For sure. I I had a situation in late 2019 where I had a a home in Florida. I had, before I even um, engaged in a deal there, I, I did pretty significant testing with a with a, an EMF specialist, we checked, you know, wireless radiation, we checked electrical radiation, we checked magnetic radiation, you know, there were some power lines by the property, but they were at relatively weak. Um, we checked how well the home uh, would, would ground, you know, and allow me my body to disperse the, the voltage from electricity. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I woke up one morning and the city of Delray Beach was installing the highest voltage power lines allowed by the city on my property. They were taking the old ones down and putting the new ones up. Then the the, the, the measurements for magnetic uh, radiation were coming into my office, into my living room, into my bedroom. It was it, it basically was like if, if I owned oceanfront property, you know, a smaller body of water is probably even more relevant. And like a chemical company came and dumped a bunch of chemicals that were now like washing up on my beach. You know what I mean? And I dug into it, talked to a few friends and experts, and they basically said your best options to move. Like you can't really effectively yeah. shield from the power lines. And I would just get out of there. So I had to, I had to, you know, along with some stuff that my family was going through, my dad having Parkinson's. I had to take a bath on that property because there was nothing I could do about it. So there's a part of me that's thinking in the future, let's say I get property somewhere because it's far away from the eye of Sauron towers that they're putting up everywhere as part of the the infrastructure for this wireless digital uh, surveillance and control grid. Um, if, If someone were to put up one of those things near my property, um, I don't want to go through the same issue. You know, we're like, oh, I guess you got to move again. Right. So that's part of the reason that I'm asking about some of these these studies and things that that have already shown and proven the dangers of this. But like, what would you do in that situation? Let's say you bought like a nice piece of land where the the frequencies were good. You were excited about it. And then they put a, a, a tower right on the border of your property. Yeah. So uh I'll answer that. But before I do, I'll just say there's, uh, given the, what you just explained to me, there is a website I would recommend that you check out. And it yeah. is called Scientists for uh, Wired Tech. So scientists, then the number four, mm-hmm. and then wiredtech.com. And it's run by this fellow out of California who's had quite a lot of experience uh, engaging in this type of regulatory appeal and reform. And he has a lot about what science he cites, what legislation he cites, and so on and so forth. So that that will be a really good site for you. Awesome. Uh, for you. me, I would sell and move. Um, if the electromagnetic exposure uh, profile of my home got to a point where I was uh, no longer comfortable living there. Um, because, well, A, I'm very comfortable living in, in kind of rural spots. I mean, I, I don't know how many people are watching, but you can see out my, my back window. I, I, I don't live in a city. <laughs> so yeah, it looks um, like, looks like paradise. You got one. like some, where, where are you at? You look like you got some palm trees trees, and you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in Panama. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. But, but it also is relates to what you were saying earlier, which is, it is hard, what, what with this, particularly with certain types. Like if you're talking about a cell tower, that's one thing. But if you're talking about, you know, super high magnetic field emissions off of a new power line, that is really hard to shield against. Yeah. And, you know, it would just be easier to find a different place. Uh, and then also engaging with the type of battle you're talking about is a very, it's a very long a draining process. Now, I don't, I certainly don't discourage people from doing it. And, and there's websites like I just told you that are set up that with lots of great information. And I, 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 I encourage people to become fluent in this language and to engage in, in this type of work. But personally, I would just want my home to be a calm place. And so that yeah. is how I, you know, personally would, would approach it. Um, but, but those types of vic, particularly in the United States, those, those types of victories, they are possible, but they take a long time and a lot of energy and effort. Yeah. Which I think is, is lends itself to us figuring out a way to, for people to, uh, band together and, and pool resources and not try to do this like, you know, a thousand different times in different counties all over, but, you know, do it right uh, just a few times and then be able to have that precedence that then you can, that then you can lean on. And and so it's, it's replicable for our fellow men and women, you know? So I I think I'm just planting these seeds because it's, it's, you know, I want us to be thinking about that and moving strategically as, as things continue to unfold um, because they are moving at 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 a quick pace. 
And it, you know, what you described too, there's, there's, a, it's, it shows the importance of being mobile. You know, there's a lot of people now that are getting like, they're like converting sprinter vans and, you know, getting RVs and that sort of thing. Like one of my friends out in California just got one where worst, worst case scenario, you can, you can pick up and move, you know, and until we kind of see where the dust settles and where these things are all going to be. And then there's also ways, you know, when you get a lot of the tech out of your home, and we're going to talk about some of the strategies and ways to shield yourself. Um, but you can, once you've kind of done that, you can also shield your home. Like I know hardy board, which is a form of concrete is yeah. relatively reflective. You can get metal roofs that are relatively reflective, which become increasingly important with like these satellites, the Elon Musk satellites that they're putting everywhere and all these other companies that are, that are, you know, causing this uh, electrification from space. So, no, I mean, this is, this is really great. Yeah, Some I, I, for anyone in, interested in, yeah. in, yeah, for anyone interested in whole home shielding or large, yeah. not maybe not whole home, but significant parts of your home, I strongly encourage engaging the services of an expert, such as a, a building biologist with an, ER, an EMF specialization. They call it an EMRS. Um, mm -hmm. These people are trained, uh, certified by the Building Biology Institute, and they are trained in this type of mitigation. Because if you try to do it yourself, A, first off, just be aware, it's very generally quite expensive. And mm -hmm. it, which is fine, except it's then also easy to get wrong. And you won't even necessarily know you got it wrong unless you have the, the tools to measure and diagnose. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then you'll have to rework it. So that's why I strongly recommend people engage the services of one of those types of specialists in advance to help plan that type of large scale shielding uh, implementation. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get that link and, and share it as well. There's also um, a company called Shielded Healing. There's a mm -hmm. gentleman by the name of Brian. Uh, I don't know his last Brian. name off the top of my yeah yeah but, Hoyer. But that's Brian Hoyer. Yeah, so yeah. Shield, Shielded Healing is 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 pretty good in the space and well versed. And uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Joseph Mercola kind of told me about him. We haven't connected yet and had him on a podcast, but I'd like to at some point. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where unless you really have the equipment and you've been doing this for years, um, I would highly recommend not trying to do it yourself because at least on the building side, um, because I have been doing it for years and I do have equipment and I know that it would be a mistake for me to try to do it. I'd be in over my head and, and you want more, you want more sensitive equipment than, you know, an ENV RD 10 meter, which like works, but it's, it, it just tells you like if it's, if it's bad or if it's okay, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you if, if right. your home is not, is not properly grounding and allowing voltage to disperse from your body and, and, and things like that. Um, exactly. or if, you know. Yeah. And, and, and there's stories about people who will like set up uh, bed canopies, right? They'll be living in like a high rise. So they'll get themselves uh, a silver lined bed canopy, but they won't remember to put like something down on the floor. And then what happens is they create mm -hmm. a situation where you're getting it comes the in from the bottom and then reflecting back yeah. down onto you. So like you're actually getting hit twice. Um, so that's just one yeah. example to hopefully impart the importance upon our listeners of, of, engaging an expert, finding, finding someone who's certified by the building biology Institute, um, or, you know, a company like, like shielded healing in, um, in doing this. So suppresses melatonin, jacking up your sleep recovery, your, your cognitive performance, um, and all things that, that sleep is good for this, you know, exposure to these, these, this electrical radiation does the opposite. We talked about cancer. We talked about diabetes, We've talked about accelerating aging and, and potentially even shorter telomeres from accelerated cell replication, anxiety, depression. What can we do about it? Well, cut your exposure. Um, but so, and you and I were chatting before the recording, and you were saying something that that I also have a lot of experience with. When when you first talk to people, like when when you're talking to people, and this is their first, their they're really hearing about it. The first they're engaging with this information. They it, mm -hmm. you often see people become just hands up. I give up overwhelmed. Like, well, mm -hmm. okay, what am I supposed to do about it? This stuff is everywhere. So mm -hmm. there's, there's one characteristic of EMF that I really like teaching people because I think it's super important. And that is the power of EMF radiation diminishes exponentially with distance. 
So mm-hmm. for just as an example, if you, and here I have, I happen to have one here. It's not on, but I have one. Um, if you have a cell phone and it is, you know, an inch away from your body and then you take it and now put it two inches away from your body, the power of your exposure was just cut by 75%. So mm-hmm. for many people, this isn't universally true, but for many people, even if you live in an apartment building and you can pick up, you know, dozens of Wi-Fi networks and you look out the window and you see five cell towers, for many of those people, even with all of those exposures, it is often the technology that is closest to them and most in their control that is the mm-hmm. biggest source of their personal exposures. So, well, you can't get rid of all EMF from the environment um, without taking really drastic life action and moving to the middle of nowhere, right? You can make massive differences uh, in your own personal exposure and thus your own personal health risk uh, from, from this, this force. And so cell phones, in fact, I just used that example of, of the proximity of the cell phone to your body. For a lot of people, and I don't know, this might not be true for your listeners, but for a lot of people, carrying their phone in their pocket or in their bra or in their breast pocket in some some way directly against their body is often going to be one of the biggest, if not the single biggest exposure in their lives. And again, that's even with all of these you know, tech around you, Wi-Fi networks, cell towers, and it's because these cell phones... They are super powerful. They are designed to transmit signals that can go for miles. And when you're holding it right up against your body, you are getting a full dose of that thing, uh, and generally for extended periods of time. So if there's one change that people can make, uh, I strongly encourage it to be that. Don't carry your phone in your pocket or your bra, or if you do, put it into airplane mode while you're carrying it. Now, you won't, you won't send and receive data or messages or calls when you're in airplane mode, but that's fine. People need to <laughs> need to get less of that stuff in their lives anyway for a whole bunch of other reasons um, in terms of uh, what, what science is showing us about anxiety levels and focus and, and, and so on and so forth. The, the, but, the myth of multitasking. Um, so that's the, yeah, exactly. It's having, I mean, our, our relationship with technology, I, mean, I focus a lot on EMF, but uh, it, our relationship with technology has gotten to the point where more and more and more people, this is completely non-controversial to say something like, I need to use my cell phone less because more and more and more people realize that all of our relationships with all of the various technology in our lives has just gotten to this point where it's just not always healthy and they are willing to, to be open to and, 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 and receptive to that type of messaging. But again, back to EMF in particular, you know, we have the phones and pockets that it or bra. That is the number one thing that I tell people. The number two. Now, you mentioned, for instance, in your home, uh, you got rid of Wi-Fi and replaced it with Ethernet, which is a fantastic thing to do. But, uh, you know, I know from dealing with consumers all the time that that, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to take that step or they live in a place right. where they're not even in control. of it. They can't lay fiber optic uh, cables in the walls and so forth. So. Mm-hmm. The thing I recommend those people do is turning off Wi-Fi at night when you are not, when you are sleeping and not even making use of the Wi-Fi. When I, mm-hmm. when I, when people try that tip, uh, a huge number of them email me, you know, within two or three days saying, uh, they, they, they see right away what a difference it makes. Like that's not one yeah. of these things where you have to take on faith that you're, you know, your health risk is going down. You actually see it in your sleep quality. Uh, almost instantly when you turn off your Wi-Fi at night. So those are two really actionable, big difference makers that I strongly encourage people to do. Now, beyond that, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people will one uh, one quick uh, thing more and more I'd things like to add on. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of a lot of our coaching clients and, and people in our community use the Aura Ring for tracking their sleep and mm-hmm. quantifying, quantifying some of their, their biometrics. And, um, of course in airplane mode, you know, they, they basically wear it in airplane mode. It still captures all of your data. And then you only take it out of airplane mode to update and, and get the, you know, mm-hmm. your sleep scores and, and, you know, how much deep sleep you got, how much REM sleep you got. And along with the perceptible 
energetic, cognitive, sleep-related benefits that come from unplugging Wi-Fi at night. We also see uh, tangible, trackable, measurable improvements in sleep scores, particularly uh, deep and or REM sleep. So that, for many people, I I know some people that joke and they'll say, like, "I, I I don't notice anything from anything. You know, they're just, they're just like, no matter what they try, they don't really notice too much, whether that's supplements or lifestyle changes. And when you can see an improvement in your sleep scores, um, for, for many of those types of folks, it helps make it real and like, oh, wow, this, this has been sort of like a, uh, kryptonite under my bed that I didn't even know was there. And, 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 you know, yeah. in this case, there's, there's Superman. No, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> We're we actually had a guest on my uh, on my healthier tech podcast season uh, this I'm sorry this season uh, who runs a uh, a detox retreat in Indonesia and he talked about um, when he start, he used his aura ring and he talked about when he started turning off his Wi-Fi at night he got 15 minutes more deep sleep uh, consistently every night and he he'd been able to to determine that with precision because of his aura ring which again as you mm-hmm. pointed out you can use an airplane mode, which is, is fantastic. There's also some versions of Fitbit uh, that I believe function the same way where you can actually use the Fitbit in airplane mode to do all your tracking and then just uh, connect it, you know, transfer the data out later. That's how I strongly recommend all of these health trackers be used. Yeah, me, me as well. I'm not sure that was proper English, but so we've, we've got... Phone and phone and air. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> phone and airplane mode. Don't have it on your body. Um, as I mentioned, mine is mm-hmm. always in airplane mode. It helps you batch your cell phone uh, communication too. Where there's there's set points during the day where you do it all at once, and then you're back in airplane mode. Your productivity goes up. It it improves your focus. You don't have the um, fatigue and and diminished willpower that comes from task switching so much throughout the day. Um, number two, you said was, um, either replace Wi-Fi with ethernet or at a minimum turn off Wi-Fi at night, which is something everyone can do. And, uh, what else, what else, where should we be focusing our energy? Well, another big one is to, yeah, another big one is, well, actually, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do that one and then go back to what I was saying before, um, is to not sleep with your phone. So again, if, if, if a lot of people, this is a habit that a lot of people have. Um, and it, you shouldn't sleep with your phone, or if you do, at least put it in again, like with the pocket, put it into airplane mode. In, and, mm-hmm. and I want people to understand, you know, while when your device, your phone, or other device is in airplane mode, there's certain functions that won't work, like you can't get a call, but other things do work, right? So mm-hmm. you can still use it as an alarm clock if that's your mm-hmm. preferred version of an alarm clock. You can GPS still play, you know, Sudoku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, even Netflix allows you to download movies and watch them offline. So if you're using mm-hmm. it for that reason, so there's a lot of stuff you can still do in airplane mode. It doesn't just turn it into a brick. Uh, Spotify and, too. You know, I've, again, I've got my, at night. Yeah. yeah. My favorite Spotify playlists, I downloaded them so I could put my phone in airplane mode and, and still play them. Just, I just, I've got a cord in my car. And I just plug in the phone and I can play music. Do You plug in the GPS directions and you've got your music going, you've got your directions going, but your phone is in airplane mode, not looking for every tower as you as you drive on wherever you're That's going. That's great. Yeah, because when you're driving or in motion, if you're in a train or in a bus or in a car, your phone is actually admitting, like you were just getting at, is emitting more information because it's constantly having to scan uh, to, for new towers to connect to. So when you're in transit, uh, just like when you have low reception, poor reception, your phone is actually emitting more of this stuff than it does when you're standing still with good reception. But yeah, and turning guys, your, your it, phone, it, I mean, sorry, if, if you're getting value from this episode, um, share it up. I mean, this is something that everyone needs to know. And I, and there's, there's so much misconception and misinformation around it. It's, uh, you know, send it to your friends, family members, people that you work with, and uh, tell them to give it a listen. And I think it will, it will change a lot of lives. Um, I want to just, just mention that there. Sorry to cut you off. Please continue. Our- no, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll give you one more, one more what I call these healthier living tips, uh, which are ways to cut your EMF exposure. And this one is really important, which is not to use AirPods or Bluetooth headsets. Oh, yeah. um, because 
Yeah, anything Bluetooth, it's the same type of radiation as Wi-Fi. It's lower powered usually than Wi-Fi because the signals don't have to travel as far. Um, but when you're talking about like uh, AirPods, you're putting it right in your ear, which is very obviously proximal to your brain, also very proximal to your eye. But it's also in a part of your head that has no skull uh, to serve as any kind of natural shield between the source and your brain. And you tend, you tend to see people using these for extended periods of time. They don't just put AirPods in for five minutes or 10 minutes. They put them in for extended periods of time. So these exposures are in a really bad place. Uh, and, and, and they're, they're for a very long period of time. And you just don't want that. That's one of these examples where, you know, there's no safer way of using AirPods. Right. Like with cell phones, there's safer ways of using them and less safe ways of using them. With AirPods, there is no safer way to use them because they have to go in your head. And so it's one of these devices where I, I, I strongly recommend that people not use these products um, no. and instead use wired, wired headphones uh, or anti-radiation wired headphones uh, to, 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 to listen to your music or to do your calls or whatever you're doing on your phone. Yeah, anti-radiation wired headphones. That that's interesting. What, what are you talking about? Like uh, air tube headphones? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I actually have. Give me one. Sorry, I, I forgot. Yeah, cool. Because I have a. I mean, I do have air tubes. So just so people understand what we're talking about with air tubes, these are mm-hmm. headphones where the standard wire, right, mm-hmm. at a certain point, gets converted into air. And because it just has air in the tube, that's how it gets the name air tube. It doesn't conduct mm-hmm. radiation, um, which normal wire does. So that's where air tubes get their name. They're great. They stop radiation, uh, which is why I, I, I sell uh, my own brand of them. Um, but nice. they don't sound, for, even the best ones don't sound very good because you're converting the sound to air. So for instance, with mine, I use them for calls and to listen to podcasts. And that's about mm-hmm. it. I certainly won't listen to music with them. I don't even enjoy playing games with them or anything like that. Um, but that's why we have this product, which we call the Hard Headset Anti-Radiation Device. And what this allows you to do is use any pair of headphones. So you can use your like super expensive Bose or, or you know, whatever you want, and then plug it into your device, whether it's a phone, a tablet, a laptop. And what's in here is a little pack of dielectric gel that filters out the radiation wow. that would otherwise be conducted up, 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 up your, um, up your headset cord. So this serves the same purpose as air tubes. Uh, but not only does it sound great, it, it, it actually improves the sound quality. And, and, and what, what's really interesting to me about this product is it was developed not as radiation protection but as a sound enhancer, right? Because when you filter out all that stray radiation that would otherwise come up the cord, that radiation is in, uh, is interference. And so when you filter it out, you actually get better sound quality. So this is uh, the hard, which is also on my website at shieldyourbody.com. And uh, we're, we're, we're the only ones that uh, in the world that, that, uh, that sell that. That's, that's really cool. I've, I'm not familiar with that. So hard is headset anti-radiation device. Yes. Very cool. Um, and, and all of that is available at shieldyourbody.com. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up yes. one, one of those and, and maybe even, uh, another pair of, Oh, of just shoot me, the, shoot me, shoot me your, after this, just shoot me your shipping address. I'll get you one. Oh, thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had a number of pairs of air tube headphones and, and had a break and, you know, not necessarily hold up or, or work that well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 cool. I want to make sure to get a good pair, and um, you you covered all of my questions there. So to recap, phone cool. in airplane mode. Don't put it on your body. You know, I've also talked to a number of people who feel that they sleep better even with their phone in airplane mode. If if you were to compare leaving their phone outside of the bedroom, even in airplane mode, versus having it in the bedroom in airplane mode, I know a number of people oh. who feel like. They don't sleep as good even with it in airplane mode if it's in the Totally. Bed. There's actually science into that now. I don't have it off the top of my head, unfortunately. Uh, but there is science into actually keeping your phone. If you compare sleeping with your phone but in airplane mode versus keeping your phone out of the bedroom, that uh, your sleep is better with the phone out of the bedroom. And it has to do 
with your emotional and psychological relationship uh, with your phone, this constant anticipation of dopamine release from notifications, you know, things like that. And so the, I, 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 I don't have that science handy, but I have been reading that lately. So there's actually science uh, behind what you were just explaining. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, so we've had Dr. Joseph Mercola on the podcast and um, he wrote the book EMF for that. That does a pretty yeah. good job um, summarizing a good amount of the scientific literature. And I want to give a shout out to Nick Pinault, um, P-I-N-E-A-U-L-T, who wrote the non-tinfoil guide to EMFs, who's, who's also been a guest on the podcast, because those those guys both did a lot to help spread awareness um, in this area and and to empower people with some of the you know the scientific literature that supports their recommendations. Yeah, no, they're both they're both really great. Yeah, and um, one you know one of the things that I I think is is worth mentioning here for people that are still kind of on the fence, like the title that that Dr. Joseph Mercola had before he settled in on EMF was EMF extinction because. Uh, 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 he believes that people who do not take into account the real world impact that this technology has on our biology may not be long this world. Um, and certainly are, are going to find themselves cutting, cutting their lives short to such a degree that it, there may even be an extinction event where you got people that are savvy to it and have, have made the necessary adjustments and people that just do what the television tells them and uh, want, you know, I want faster connection. I want more of this stuff. And, you know, I want to bathe in it all day long. So I, I just wanted to mention that, you know, that, that, that this is, that's where a lot of the forward thinkers in, in this arena that also, that are also heavily steeped in the science, you know, where, where some of their mentality is with regard to its dangers and, and potential consequences. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of that speaks to, and, and you know, personally, I view that humanity is facing extinction with much higher probability from multiple other causes before EMF. Uh, and yeah. my, you know, my work in raising awareness is so that people can improve their personal health and their personal ability to enjoy life. But when you talk about something like the, the, that, that devastating potential that, that you were just referencing, you know, I think part of what that gets at is just how intertwined the technology is that exposes us to these forces with our modern society. And so it would be much easier today to stop the next generation of cell phone network and to stop turning everything into in our home into something smart than it will be in 10 years to undo smart that next quotes. generation of cell phone network. <laughs> yeah. Or to, to undo the grids that connect all of our cars and devices and make them work, right? This is what, because that, because the, the devices that emit these forces into our world are so fundamentally intertwined into our society that actually undoing that is going to be incredibly challenging and will involve real economic cost and possible social disruption to services and products that we've all come to kind of rely on. And that's why it's much easier to stop it in the first place than it is to undo it later on. And, you know, I'll compare that with the example of smoking, which, you know, a lot of people compare EMF to tobacco and to cigarettes. And there are certainly some similarities, but the fact is it's much worse. you could ban all tobacco on the planet tomorrow and while a few companies would go out of business, that would be the extent of the damage, right? You can't get rid of EMF. And the more and more and more of infrastructure, EMF emitting infrastructure that you put into place, the harder and harder and harder it becomes to reduce that exposure. And so if in, in, if in 20 years, we find out that certain things were a lot more dangerous then even someone like I was going around saying, you know, we're in a tough spot because what are you going to do? Because you'd have to really kind of perform surgery on the entire uh, modern economy and society in order to try to undo that damage. And so I, I, that part of what you were just talking about, I think it, it is, it is important for people to understand. There's something that 
uh, my father talked about a lot and we talk a lot. Uh, we spend a whole chapter on in overpowered and it's called the precautionary principle. And that is when the potential for harm is so significant, then it's better to be safe than sorry. And that's what we are seeing with EMF, right? That the scientific indicators are such where there is a lot of reason to be concerned about the possible harm. And when you see that level of flashing red warning, you shouldn't, the, the, the standard of action should not be conclusive proof, but in order for you to take action. And that's what he believed should be applied to the EMF issue. And that's what I believe should be applied to the EMF issue. But I also want to under, to underscore that this is a decision every individual person can take. Yes, I believe EMF safety standards should be significantly strengthened. But I also believe that that takes a lot of work from a lot of people. And you can actually make those differences in your life right now. And that is, that is really the lesson that I like people taking home after they've listened to me spout off for an hour. I like it. I like it. And, and as a general rule of thumb, if something is called smart, if there's smart in the name, you want nothing to do with it. And, and it shouldn't be in your house. You're either bugging your home or exposing yourself to, to these <laughs> harmful, harmful frequencies. And two, two quick resources, or just one rather, um, buildingbiologyinstitute.org. That's where you could also go to find an expert and someone that could help you with this stuff where you can get a measure, a reading mm -hmm. on your home, or, or you can engage them to help you with a build. So buildingbiologyinstitute.org. Or this has been a fantastic conversation. Is there, is there, um, we've got shieldyourbody.com where you've got some of your um, resources and, and products that people could buy. You've got the Healthier Tech Podcast. Where else can people stay up to date on things you're working on and, uh, and then that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned the website, and I, I thank you very much for that. I'd also just say to people, right at the top there of my homepage, you can get, uh, I write a lot of ebooks, but my main one, which has the top five things that you can do to cut your personal exposure. And then I also, in that book, explain why I believe those are the top five. So it's not just like the five things I picked out of the top of my head. Uh, the, uh, in terms of where else people can follow me, uh, YouTube is actually a great place to follow me and shield your body. We have a lot of great content up on YouTube and that's youtube.com slash shield your body. So, that, so yeah, shieldyourbody.com and then youtube.com slash shield your body. And you can also find my podcast on my website and that's the health awesome. podcast. Guys, share this episode up, get it out to people, help us uh, spread this information. R blank. Thank you so much for your time and uh, wisdom. Appreciate having you on. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to doing it again sometime. As you may already be aware, my specialty is working with entrepreneurs, Olympic athletes, executives, and high achievers to help them unlock ultimate performance in body, mind, and spirit. If you want to lose fat, build muscle, activate untapped brain energy, and feel 10 to 15 years younger, my proprietary coaching process is the secret behind many of the world's top performers. Here's how it works. Over 24 weeks, I will walk you step-by-step -step through a personalized process that utilizes your blood work to build you a custom game plan for taking your physical and mental performance to their maximum potential. I believe in testing, not guessing, and have proven time and again that personalized results crush anything that you could achieve following the one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter programs that litter the internet. With regular one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, I'll guide you through a personalized process for achieving massive, unparalleled results in your life. My proprietary process includes blood labs, testing, and advanced health diagnostic tools, upgrading your metabolic engine, personalizing your nutrition, optimizing your sleep, upgrading your cognition with brain-targeted supplements, smart drugs, and peptides, balancing your hormones, building strength and muscle mass, detoxing heavy metals, pesticides, and toxic chemicals that can slow you down, 
building resilience and bulletproofing yourself against stress, integrating time-restricted eating uh, through advanced fasting protocols, increasing oxygenation and supercharging your immunity, and of course, tracking and monitoring your progress with science-based tools and expert accountability. We also leverage personalized biohacks that will help you to achieve your physique and cognitive goals faster than you thought possible. And on top of all that, for a limited time, I'm offering three special bonuses that you get to choose based on your desired results. So you pick three from the following five options. Bonus option number one, upgrade sexual health, libido, and performance. Bonus option number two, get rid of pain and recover like an athlete. Bonus option number three, get rid of parasites, candida, Lyme, mold, and chronic fatigue. Bonus option number four, get more youthful looking skin, thicker hair, and healthier nails. And bonus option number five, fix your gut and optimize digestion, which ties in very well with bonus option number three. There's no faster, more effective way to tap into your full potential, get in the best shape of your life, and have your brain consistently firing on all cylinders. To apply for one of these limited half-off spots, go to www.biohackercoaching.com, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com, fill out the short form and grab a time for us to talk. Full disclosure, I'm offering half off in part because we're building some cool new case studies and success stories that we can showcase in a infomercial style project that we're working on. So if you're at all on the fence, I encourage you to fill out the short form and grab a time for a free consultation with me to see if it's a fit. After you've applied, you can also text me to request to have your application moved to the front of the line. And that number is 847-989-3743.